Ah, mmm. The first taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on. That's nice. At Caskers.com, we make this experience easy. Caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive sought-after rare and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne. Discover the top flavors of the year now by going to Caskers.com and using code WELCOME10 for $10 off your first purchase. Get $10 off your first purchase with code WELCOME10 at Caskers.com. What's up, guys? We are well into our second week of the WGT closest to the whole challenge, and we already have some pretty good scores, but you still have a chance to enter and win some free DNVR shirts or gift cards. And at the end of all of this, possibly tickets to a game or jersey of your choice. Here's how you do it. It's called World Golf Tour, and it's the best golf app on the market. First, go to freewgt.com to download the game. You cannot enter and unless you download the game from freewgt.com. Second, head to the closest to the whole challenge. Then you'll pick a golf course and a hole for each week. This week's happens to be the Valhalla golf course, hole number three, the third hole of the challenge. And whoever gets closest to the hole that week wins a sweet DNVR t-shirt of their choice or a gift card from a local restaurant. All you have to do is take a screenshot and tag us on Twitter with your distance away from the hole, or you can send that screenshot into info at thednvr.com. And get this, that's not the end of us giving stuff away. Every week you play, we'll get you a raffle ticket entry into the grand prize drawing, which is winning tickets to an abs game or a jersey of your choice if you are out of state. The more times you enter every single week, you get another opportunity, the better chance you have of winning. One last time, head to freewgt.com, download the game, go to the closest to the whole challenge, and play the Valhalla Golf Course. The third hole of the challenge is the one you want to play and then screenshot your score after. I've played it a little bit. Don't have a great score. Mine is somewhere around eight feet right now. I know there's a couple people well inside of that. I'm not sure. Evan, have you gotten a chance to play it yet? Not yet. I need to take a look at it. I'm sure he'll hit a hole in one on his first shot or something ridiculous, but (laughs) (laughs) either way, you have a chance to go out and do that and win yourself a free DNVR t-shirts. That's all for this one. Let's jump into the show. Welcome into the DNVR Avalanche podcast. It is presented by The Green Solution. You can visit any one of their 17 Colorado locations. They have express checkout to get you in and out as fast as possible. Or you can get on your phone and go to their website, mygreensolution.com, to order their flowers, concentrates, edibles, and topicals online. Plus, you can use code DNVR20 for 20% off your purchase. I'm Nathan Rudolph. With me once again is Evan Rowell. We usually save question episodes for the end of the week, but we figured it would be a good chance to get Evan in on the action and have him answer some questions for us instead of it just being AJ and I every single time. So something a little bit different for you. The biggest question that at least half a dozen people asked was either about the abs making trades or specifically about trading for Taylor Hall. So that's where we're going to start is with answers about that. First of all, Evan, what are your thoughts on the abs trying to go out and get someone like Taylor Hall? And where do you think that would be as far as price is concerned? Yeah, well, I mean, first of all, if people weren't even not just asking questions, it was just his picture. That's all we were getting was just his picture. That's all people wanted to know. So uh, as far as going out and getting him, I mean, he, you 
look at the team, he's pretty much exactly what they need. Uh, so yep. I understand why everyone wants to get him, and obviously his team's not doing very well, so he's probably going to be on, be traded here before the uh, deadline, so it makes sense, and the Avs have the assets to do it. So it uh, makes a lot of sense. He's a perfect fit here as far as what I would give up for him. Uh, my thought is that they're going to ask for new hook was the first thing that I was thinking. I don't know about you. Have you put too much thought into it, but I have, I, I do think they'll ask for new hook. I would not give him up though. Yeah. And I, especially since the abs are going to start to build up these contracts here, the big contracts, they need to get these entry level deals in their lineup. So it makes sense not to give them up, but, um, you know, a lot of these rentals the last couple of years have not gone for as much as you would think. So um, I know the the common one that's thrown out there is Z. Uh, I don't think he has much value, so he's kind of a second or third option there. But makes sense. So, I mean, the package that everyone really wants to kind of see is a first Z. And, you know, I've seen Tyson Jost in there, which kind of makes sense. Uh, just with, you know, kind of takes up. He's losing a little bit of ice time with Taylor Hall coming in. So... That's the most, uh, I guess, reasonable uh, trade I could think of. But something tells me that, you know, obviously they would prefer New Hook Z in a first. How about a first Zadorov and one of Kout or Bowers instead of New Hook? Would you do that? Uh. Yeah, I probably would. But I guess it depends on if an extension is coming. But yeah, I probably right. would do that. Exactly. If it's a rental, that stings a bit. But if the extension is there, I think i do that in a heartbeat. Yeah, I would... Um, I don't know. Of the two, I don't know who I'd prefer to give up. I know who... I mean, I think I know who Bedner would like to keep. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, of the two... Um, that's tough because I guess Cout is still so young. It's just tough to get a read on what he can do since he's still not even 20 years old and he's playing in the AHL. So um, I would probably do it. I'm just not sure which one I would rather give up. Whichever one they ask for, basically. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. I mean, center. I'd rather, I'd rather keep the center, I guess is probably what it would come down to. Fair. Yeah. Yeah. Losing Cout or Bowers would hurt me personally <laughs> because I, I invest so much in the prospects, but for Taylor Hall, he just makes this team so, so much better. It's it's pretty ridiculous. Yeah, and I guess, you know, the other part of this is the extension. Um, I do have concerns about signing the him long-term just because he's never really been able to stay healthy for a full season in the HL. I think he's maybe done it once or twice. It's not a very common thing for him, and he'll be, you know, about a month into next season, he'll be 29. So it's not like he's... You know, he's a young free agent. He's going to be a little bit older, closing in on 30. By the time he's well into that deal, he'll be in his mid-30s. So, um, obviously, I would prefer if you could, if you do sign him to an extension, be it five years, but that, I don't think that's very realistic. So, uh, I think a, an extension would be pretty costly, and that would be my big concern. I'm not, I'm not as much concerned about giving up the assets to get him. It's just what it would cost to retain him in the, in the contract there. Yeah. I mean, Taylor Hall's a $10 million player, just straight up. Yeah. he And, yeah, we like I said, he's exactly what they need. So it makes a lot of sense. It's just how, how long is he going to hold up? 
Have you looked into any other options potentially for the Avs to target at the trade deadline at this point? I know it's early. AJ has mentioned Chris Kreider's name a few times as a possible option that the Avs have shown interest in in the past. Is there anything else out there that you would be interested in? I haven't looked too much into it. I know they wanted Kreider. His name came up with the draft quite a bit. So it would make sense to revisit him. I don't think he's having, you know, I don't think he's having a very good season in New York. So um, he's kind of what they want and that he's a power winger that can fill in on the second line. So he makes sense. Uh, beyond that, I haven't really looked too much into it. Um, I think everyone's just focused on Taylor Hall at the moment. He is certainly the big fish of the market. I don't think there's any doubt about that. So oh, interesting to see how aggressive the abs will be in the market this year. I It does feel a little bit early to me for the abs going all in on a rental. Yeah. I mean, what did Friedman say the other day that they're going to be certain big game certain, hunting yeah, or whatever. Yeah. Big fish. So uh, it, uh, it definitely makes sense. They've built up all these assets, so it makes sense that they would want to go after somebody. But, um, yeah, it definitely still feels early. Yeah, I would pretty much agree. Kind of jumping off, a number of the names we just kind of threw into this trade. Dayton asks, which Eagles players do you hope play games this year? Personally, for me, it's Martin Count, Shane Bowers, and hopefully Connor Timmons gets into some more games, and then maybe Callie Rosen. Obviously, TJ Tynan just got the call up for the Avs. That's fine. I not really consider him a prospect, though, and that's the only players I'm interested in getting games out of from the Eagles. Yeah, I, I mean, obviously the big ones are you know the ones you talked about there. Uh I think a lot of people are still interested in seeing if AJ Greer can, you know, do something. Yeah. Um, I'm not, you know, I don't think there's anything super long term there, but he's someone I wouldn't mind seeing to get a shot. Um, obviously, I didn't, I'd never thought they were going to actually call him up while he's suspended. So uh, he's the only other one, really. You know, I'm not, you know, Logan O'Connor can, you know, he can stay or he can go. It's not too big of a deal for me, but. Um, I thought this would have been, if Cal was healthy, I feel like this would have been a perfect chance to get him up here and at least give him a taste of what, you know, what an NHL game feels like, but obviously he's not fit or he's not fit to play. Um, do you really know what's wrong with him? Have you heard anything about that? Upper body is all we got. Well, that's all you need to know. Apparently, um, (laughs) Other than that, I, I saw Kelly Rosen doing quite well on the power play the other night. I would like to see him. Uh, he and if if the Avs do move, say a guy like Z, he's he, it would make sense to get him or a Timmons up here, and there's space to do that. So uh, he's 25; he doesn't really need to be down there any much longer. So those are really the main guys. I wouldn't, you know, the way the Werner started the year. If he played a game, you know, that'd be kind of cool to see. But, yeah, if the Avs are in a like clinched situation, I wouldn't mind that. Yeah, beyond that, I mean. Everyone wants to see a prospect get called up, but there's not a ton of exciting prospects down there beyond the guys we mentioned. Pretty much. Pretty much sums it up. One last question for this first segment. Andy asks, what is your favorite burger or hot dog topping? Oh, well, I like pickles. I know. I know AJ just cannot. Team pickles. Them. My man. Uh, We're team pickling on AJ. It's my favorite, but. 
Um, I don't really eat hot dogs. I'm not a big hot dog fan, but I do like a good burger. Um, that's tough. I like mushroom burgers, so like mushroom on meat, not like actual mushroom burger. Yeah, yeah. So mushrooms and yeah, cheese, mushrooms, and burgers or the meat is you know kind of my go-to. Uh, I'm not too picky with my burgers. The only I hate onions, so just keep onions away from my burgers. Oh, see, you were I had you with pickles, but I love onions on my burgers and my hot dogs. Yeah, I'm not. I used to be super picky as a kid as when it came to food. I'm not anymore. But my one thing I cannot, I just cannot stand onions. So that's really the only, the only no for me. I was kind of the same way. I was pretty picky as a kid. Now I'll eat most things, except for peas. And I know that has nothing to do with burgers, but just peas are disgusting. You don't put peas on your burgers? No. No. And I never will. Well, maybe maybe if you tried it, it might you know rekindle your love for peas. And somehow I doubt that. <laughs> you never know. Every like casserole with peas in it is just... Yeah, I, I, I mean, other than that, I mean, I could put anything on a burger. Bacon, obviously, is the big one, but yeah, that's does that even count as a topping? Really? Yeah, I don't think so. No, but yeah, I mean, yeah, I guess mushrooms are my big one. I, I just like mushrooms, so mushrooms, cheese, and meat are pretty much all I need. Well, you know what goes good with a burger? A Breckenridge beer. I, ha- and I had a they- feeling you were going to say that. <laughs> How did you know? <laughs> they are, yeah, a good solid hunch because they are the official beer of DNVR and they have teamed up with Never Summer to put on an awesome opening day event for the ski and snowboard season. It's going to be a giant party over at the Punchbowl Social on Saturday, November 9th from 6 to 11 p.m. Just Honestly, it's basically just going to be a party. They have the gin doctors up on stage. They're going to be playing live music. They'll have opportunities for a bunch of fun stuff, whether it's karaoke. And you can also win a bunch of awesome prizes from a sweet artist series snowboard to season passes up to the mountains. Really can't go wrong here. It's going to be an awesome event. Just come hang out and have a couple of wreck brews, if nothing else. Really could not recommend it any more than I already have. So be sure to check that out. Again, that's at Punchbowl Social on November 9th from 6 to 11 p.m. Second segment of the DNVR Avalanche podcast with Rudo and Evan, we're answering your questions today. This next one, kind of an interesting and complicated one coming from Tiger Vixen. She asks, is Sam Gerrard a top 10 player in his draft class? This is the 2016 NHL draft class. I've looked into it some. Obviously, at the top, you have Austin Matthews and Patrick Laine. You have a number of other players Sam Gerard in the mix, certainly. He's 11th in total points currently from that draft class. Certainly in the top 10 conversation. Evan, where do you think he falls? So I was looking into this too, and, you know, I'm definitely leaning towards yes, I would put him in the top 10. So I'm, you know, Matthews, Line, Dubois, Kachuk. I'd probably I'd put Keller in the top 10. That's five. Uh, Sergachev. I think he's kind of got it pretty easy in Tampa Bay, but I would put him in the top 10. McAvoy. And then the only other guy that I thought was definite was Dabrinkit. So that's eight. And then yep. then I'd put Gerard. I mean, I'm not seeing really anybody else. There's definitely 
there's good players, but there's not anybody that I would really take over. Like Chikrin, I would not take over Gerard. Yeah, I I think Chikrin and Gerard are kind of the nine ten conversation. The only other players I would put potentially in that conversation, they're not there yet, but you have Philip Hronick for Detroit, who has played great for, as a defenseman for them, very productive. And then on the forward side, Sam Steele is one of my favorite prospects that just doesn't have enough games under his belt yet. Yeah, and then there's Carter Hart too, which I guess... Yeah, that's a whole he, nother topic. <laughs> yeah, he, he's having a tough time, but it's, you know, most goalies his age are not playing in the NHL. So um, I could see the case for him at, at this point, just given his pedigree. But yeah, I mean, there's Jesper Bratt was a late round pick and he's played pretty well, but I wouldn't take him over. Um, yeah. Gerard. Does anyone actually believe in Jesper Bratt's numbers? <laughs> I have no idea. I don't even know how that team made the playoffs a couple years ago. Right. I guess it was Taylor Hall. but Pretty much. What um, was it, like a 30-game point streak or something? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Connor Bleakley was taken again in the 2016 draft. How about him? <laughs> That's true. Fifth rounder <laughs> for St. Louis. Yeah. No, I think Gerard is – I would take him top 10. I mean, I guess you look at it now and the ass had the 10th pick. If you had the 10th pick there, you'd be pretty happy with Gerard, wouldn't you? Uh, yeah. I. Uh, Happier than with Tyson Jost. Yeah, no dig at Jost, but I mean, Gerard is definitely a more valuable player right now. So, yeah. That's I, I signed for eight more years. <laughs> yeah, I would definitely lean towards yes on this one. I think he is a top 10 player right now. Uh, there's a couple guys. I mean, I liked Logan Brown coming out of junior, so we'll see. So did I. He's, yeah. I know he's hurt now, so we'll see, but... Um, there's a couple guys that I feel like just could still, you know, I'm, you mentioned Sam Steele. He's got good production in the NHL. He just doesn't have a big, a lot of games. So, uh, yeah, I mean, there's a couple guys, but I definitely put Gerard in the top 10 right now. So are we calling pool party a bust then? <laughs> yeah, I, well, I wouldn't call him a bust, but I don't think he's. I don't Certainly. think he's going to be a top six. I don't think he's a top six four. I just don't think he's smart enough to be there. But, yeah, you know, who knows? People leave Edmonton and become much better all the time. All so sorts we'll of see. things. <laughs> yeah. All right. I think that's fair. So Sam Gerrard in the bottom third of the top ten of that draft. Yeah. I mean, I would – yeah, I wouldn't put him top five, but I think in that top ten for sure. Sounds good to me. Moving on, Concussed Cowboy asks, favorite hockey video game as a kid? And I ask because I know you're a little older than me, so I'm curious what your answer is. <laughs> I've played everything. So, Blades of Steel, that was good. Yeah. Uh, NHL 94 is obviously classic. I liked NHL Hockey 93. Uh, that was a good one. Um, I think the one I probably played the most was NHL 97, just as a kid with my brothers. Somebody mentioned NHL Hits. Did you ever play that? Yes, Hits is a fantastic game. It's my, amazing. My only recollection of that game is making a bunch of like seven foot three players or whatever. Correct. There's no size limit. You make the biggest, heaviest player you can, and you put the bullhead on him, and then you run around the rink and just check everyone through the glass. Yeah, that's um, the whole game. <laughs> yeah, I played. I mean, I've played a lot of these any these hockey games. The 2K games, I missed those because those were actually good, and now 
EA has no competition, so it's just the same game every year. So, um, and I do still, if I'm ever at an arcade, I'll, I gotta find Wayne Gretzky's hockey because that's, yes. that's the best of the best there. But um, I'm kind of partial to that NHL Hockey '93 because it was it was a lot of fun. It was right before '94, obviously, which took off and is kind of a phenomenon. Um, even for non-sports gamers, it's kind of a big deal. Everyone knows how good it is. But I like '93. That was a fun game. There's, yeah. there's been some good hockey games. <laughs> 93 was definitely before my time. Um, yeah. What are you saying? I, what are you saying? I, I, I'm <laughs> saying I've been two years old in 1993. Um, but Wayne Gretzky's NHL Hockey 99 was one of my favorite games of all time, for sure. Yeah. With the, the puck the size of a basketball, basically. Yeah, and you shoot the puck and the net's on fire. Yeah, it pops the water bottle every single time. <laughs> yeah, I know. You're, I, I was worried you're going to call me a boomer for a second there. <laughs> There's like three generations between me and boomers. Hey. You're one of those. It's the new thing to do. Uh, yeah. Okay, boomer. <laughs> yeah, I know. Now we, uh, me and my brothers, every Christmas we used to have just an NHL tournament, and I would just kill them. But good times, <laughs> still played. But like I said, every game, like the last five years is like the same game so it's not as fun anymore yeah they all feel the same now definitely um okay let's jump well we'll stay with this kind of this topic as Devin asks what stuff do you all do besides hockey and hobbies obviously video games is clearly one of those for both of us yeah I, I, I play video games in my free time uh, when I, it's usually at night cause I have a kid, so that's kind of takes up a lot of my time, uh, yeah. a little toddler. So, um, beyond that, I like to travel a lot. So when we get a chance, it's obviously tough when it's in season, but done a lot, a lot, a lot of traveling over the last couple of years. And I like to pretty much just, I, tra- I like to travel to eat. That's pre- pretty much what I do is I just try all the food there. So, uh, I would say traveling and I play hockey every week, so stay stay active that way. So I like to go up to the – I don't even snow or skiboard. I'm a native. I'm one of those natives who doesn't snow or skiboard. Or <laughs> skiboard. Skiboard. <laughs> I said it backwards. Ski and snowboard. I'm one of those natives that doesn't do either. Clearly a master of the mountains. Yeah. Here. I just like to go to the mountains and hang out. Other than that, uh, I'm pretty boring. How about you? <laughs> Yeah, I'm not the most exciting person either. A lot of my free time is like, what is this random junior hockey league up to? But I, I like you, when I have free time, I do play video games, do my best to try and try and get some games in on usually either Rocket League or Counter-Strike. But I don't. I need to find a new game to, to get my teeth sunk into a little bit. But I, I'm not really a fan of all the Battle Royale games or anything like that. So I, I kind of skipped all of that phase yeah i i play them with friends when i'm terrible at it uh i mean i mostly go back and play single player games just because it i can pause just, them yeah right exactly <laughs> if you got other stuff to do yeah i've been replaying all the batman games those are fun other than that i i mean i've kept people up to date but i'm a huge james bond fan so i'm re-watching all of those movies in preparation for the new one next year so Seen all of them many, many times. Owned them all. Big James Bond fanatic. Everyone knows I love It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. I probably I watch that show pretty much every week in Seinfeld. So 
Other than that, I'm pretty boring. I just hang out and don't do too much. Well, since you mentioned it's always sunny, we got an interesting question from a feral American. Oh, God. If you had to choose your own father, would you rather it be Danny DeVito in an ostrich costume or a really angry Mark Wahlberg? What the hell kind of question is this? Um, That's exactly why I put it in this episode. A really angry Mark Wahlberg. Wow. I feel like a Mark Wahlberg that's really angry would actually be funny because the way he talks actually cracks me up. So um, I'd rather have Danny DeVito, obviously. I saw something that Mark Wahlberg wakes up at 3 a.m. every day, and I feel like he'd force that on me. He wakes up at 3 a.m. and he works out from 4 to 6 a.m. So I'm not about that. I'm a night owl. I wouldn't do that. So I'm going to pick Danny DeVito every time in a, what do you say, a duck costume? What did you Ostrich say? Ostrich costume. <laughs> yeah. Ostrich costume. Okay. Better than all natural, maybe? Yeah, that's, I mean, that's kind of creepy, but I'll, I'll take that, I guess. <laughs> yeah, this is my thinking was... If my dad was a guy who essentially got famous for being white, rapping, and dropping his pants on the floor, I would never make it through high school, so... Yeah. Hey, Mark Wahlberg's been in some good movies. The Other Guys is an all-time underrated comedy. <laughs> Mark Wahlberg has been in some good movies. I don't know if he's ever made a movie good. Uh, well, I don't... I guess he plays the same character in every single movie, but he's good in the other guys. I'll just give him credit for that. Fair enough. Fair enough. Whereas Danny DeVito is good in everything. All right. We'll end it with one actual somewhat abs-related question for this segment. What is your favorite abs jersey of all time, and what do you hope for from the outdoor game jersey? Oh, oh, just like the jerseys that they've had. I thought he was asking, like, what jersey I've owned. Okay. Um, I'm not a big jersey guy. I'm just not big on design. I'm kind of colorblind, so it doesn't really matter to me. I do really like the C third jersey that they have right now. I think it looks pretty sharp. Um, beyond that, I did like the old third jerseys with the tie-up because that used to be our old hockey jersey. We, like, recreated it, so I like that one. Haven't even thought too much about the outdoor game jersey. I liked the one they had a couple of years ago. Uh, the one Nashville put out the other day was kind of blah. It's so boring, yeah. Yeah, so uh, hopefully it's a little bit better than that. Other than that, I haven't thought too much about it. I don't know about you. Yeah, my personal favorite is just the original home. I guess the blue, the colored original jersey. Yeah, with the, the original mountains and all of that. I guess I just get I get so I see them so often I just kind of forget about them and I don't even think too much about them. Just the but every home in Jersey and away Jersey. My hot take is that the original third Jersey and the blueberry Jersey were both terrible. I do not like them at all. Oh, I definitely agree about the blueberry Jersey. That thing was hideous. Yeah, they just stole the New York Rangers idea and wrote Colorado on their jersey and colored it one solid color. It's just boring to me. Yeah. People get so passionate about jerseys, and I'm just like, eh, whatever. <laughs> I mean, 
doesn't matter too much to me. I mean, I know the Unipron thing. That was ugly. That one, I can understand. Yeah, uh, when you get a really cool one or a really bad one, it, like, sticks out a lot. Yeah. I. Yeah, I mean... Yeah, I guess I haven't thought too much about this outdoor jersey. I kind of... I kind of forget about this game all the time because they're playing the LA Kings and it's just kind of like, uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, is it this game, is this game all that special? Yeah. I have no real idea what to expect from the Jersey. Like their thirds already pay homage to the Rockies. They already kind of did the Colorado thing with just the C on the front. I'm not sure, like, unless it ends up being something slightly Quebec stylized, I'm not sure what they do with it. Yeah, I guess we'll see. I mean, that's got to be, I would imagine that's announced in like a month or so. You'll probably get that jersey so they can start selling those before the outdoor game. But yeah, I I haven't thought too much about it. I've never been a big jersey guy. So uh, as far as favorite jerseys, I don't really have any. Um I did. I mean, as far as all-time favorite jerseys, I really do like those Canucks V jerseys they had back in the day. Ugh. I'm more. Yeah, I guess I, I have bad taste, so maybe no one should take me seriously. I mean, I definitely don't have a good taste, so don't take my word for it. Uh, I don't know. Maybe they'll do the thing and give all those Avs fans what they want and make the foot the primary logo on the Avs jersey. The foot. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. They usually try to do something unique with these third or these special jerseys, so I guess we'll see. Glad I'm not in charge of it because obviously I have no idea what they're doing. Yeah, I I have no clue either, to be honest. But we'll go ahead and wrap up our second segment here, and we are super excited to tell you about Denver Rubber Company. And it may not be what you think it is. Denver Rubber Company is the most reliable local partner for your long-term projects. Since 1972, Denver Rubber Company has provided the highest quality of products from custom die-cut gaskets, molded rubber to custom contract manufacturing, and custom hoses. I saw a Reddit thread out there. They can probably even make you a funnel for your beer bong if that is what you need. And guess what? Snow is already here. We've already seen a lot of it on the ground, and you'll need Denver Rubber Company when it comes to anything snow plows. DRC can cut to size and pre-slot most snow plow rubber. The blades can be cut to any length and slotted for mounting to meet your exact specifications. We went a while back and checked out their warehouse, which is gigantic, by the way. They seriously have a whole warehouse full of just different sizes and shapes of hoses. It's actually crazy. And the coolest part by far is that the stuff that they make, I forget actually what the material is called, but it goes in bulletproof vests and is apparently capable of stopping AK bullets, which is Kind of awesome. And these guys have also created proprietary materials that make up the inside of wind turbine blades and a ton of other stuff as well. Denver Rubber Company custom makes it all, and you can purchase products for yourself and, of course, buy bulk at a fantastic rate. They're a family-owned business with loyalty only to the people, just like us here at DNVR. Be sure to call them today for any of those snowplow, custom gasket, or hoses that you might need. You can reach them at one 800 Two five nine zero zero one zero, or visit them at drcfirst.com slash dnvr and tell them who sent you. 
Third and final segment of the DNVR Avalanche podcast presented by The Green Solution. I'm still Rudo. He's still Evan. You can use Rudo or Raul. That's R-A-W-L as a promo code when you are signing up for a DNVR membership. If that's something you're considering, now is really the time to do it. It's some of the best content we've ever been creating, and it's not only awesome, but you can help us out. If you use that promo code on an annual membership or longer, it gets a little tick mark for us as we try and get the most members signed up. The winner at the end of all of this gets a year's supply of Breck Brew. I think we've both already made our case for why the Avs squad needs this Breckenridge beer at this point. Oh, yeah. Give us some <laughs> beer. <No. laughs> He's got a toddler. He needs the, He needs to have a few beers when he gets a calm minute to play his video games at night just oh yeah let's make it happen with code Raul. get a couple more on the board for us as we try to chase down these nuggets guys yeah, on the hockey they're killing yeah, <laughs> yeah i know they, they're they're just crushing right now we just got to try and keep our head above water here yeah. but on the hockey side of things we'll start out with a bit more of a technical question Snoop Cowell asks, what happens in a game if both goalies are injured and can't continue? And this actually has happened before. Yeah, so I guess every game there's an emergency goalie uh, in the arena. There's usually a list. They have several on the list, and they call. from what I understand, they just call up one. They kind of have a game list for every home game. So that goalie's in the arena. He's got his stuff there, and you know if he's needed, he comes down if one goal is injured he's got to come down to the bench and then obviously if the other goal is injured he's coming in so we saw it what was that two years ago with chicago when that accountant guy yeah in there and scott something i forget his last name. yeah i mean that was a pretty crazy story so it would be pretty cool to see um i know jj has tried forever to get on that list and has not (laughs) been able to get on that list but uh yeah, I, I guess that's the procedure. I think you have to do obviously testing and trying out and things like that. But uh, yeah, there's always a th- emergency third goalie in the in the arena ready to go if needed. Yeah, it's a really cool story when it happens. That guy for Chicago, he made what like twelve saves and ended up getting the win in the game or something. Yeah, he made actually some really nice saves too. So, um, and it was against Winnipeg when they were good, actually so, good. Yeah, yeah. So it's it was a good story and. Um, he was a pretty cool guy. He was very, very able to handle the media afterwards too, which is what made it even better. Yeah, I, he and then he like has kind of almost spun a whole career out of this. He was at like the NHL awards last year and has done a bunch of other stuff as well. Yeah, Scott Foster, I think that was his name. That is it. Yep, so, that's definitely it. Yeah. So I mean, I, I, I don't. I wonder. I don't know how it works as far as like getting paid. I wonder if that even happens. Like if you're yeah. called in, do you get paid? So that's you definitely it. do. I don't know the numbers, but like they have to sign you to a one day contract to play you. So oh yeah, you could frame that. <laughs> yeah. Right. Exactly. I was in the NHL for six minutes. <laughs> Got to win. One yeah. to know. Never lost. Yeah. He's going to the Hall of Fame. <laughs> Okay, it's been a minute, so let's get another real Avs question here. This one comes from Nicholas. Given how many new faces have come into the forward core this season, do you think the team would have been better equipped to handle the loss of Rance and Landy if this happened further into the season? Clearly, we've talked about the lack of chemistry so far in the lineup. 
how much would a little bit more time to gel have helped? Uh, I don't think it would have changed too much, to be honest. Uh, those guys, the new guys kind of came out firing and they had all camp and it's been, season's been going on for a month. So they've been around these guys. I know I asked Donskoy about that in training camp and he's like, listen, we've been, been here for a couple weeks. He was here back in, I think he got back here in August. So he's been here for a while. These guys have been in town practicing together for a while. So I don't think it would have changed. I think the biggest problem is just that, you know, these abs, the guys, the abs acquired, specifically Burakovsky and Donskoy, they've never been consistent in their career right now. And it's just, it's lining up where they're getting asked to do too much and they're both in slumps, which they've always gone through in their career. So uh, I'm not sure the time of year that this happened, if this happened later in the year, would have changed too much, to be honest. Yeah, I unfortunately tend to agree. The one player I think it may have helped a bit is Kadri. If he had a bit more time to kind of find his stride and maybe get some five-on-five time with McKinnon so it wouldn't have looked so gross, I think that could have helped quite a bit. Yeah, I could see he's maybe the one guy that you can still see he's maybe feeling it out of where he fits in the lineup in the locker room, things like that. Um, the other guys, like I said, I don't think it would have made too much difference, but with Kadri, he, he's one I could see later in the year, just kind of taking off once he feels more comfortable with everything. Yeah. I, I tend to lean that way as well with Kadri. So yeah, as much as it's fun to play coulda, woulda, shoulda, or what if, or whatever, not really sure how much any team can manage losing two of their top three players. Yeah, and uh, I guess we don't really – there's no news today. He had no real update on those guys. It looks like at the gala thing tonight, Miko's still in a boot. So who the heck knows when these guys are coming back? Like, they said they yeah. had more of an update like last week on Miko, and we haven't heard anything, so – I mean, um, time to, I guess, a little concerned at this moment. I I suspect if the abs continue to lose, you're going to see Miko on probably an accelerated path, but we'll yeah. see. And then Colin Wilson is just, who the yeah, heck who knows? knows like, man. He disappeared. Honestly, I wouldn't be surprised if Landy's the first one to come back, just because that sounds like such, such a Landy thing to do. Just beast mode it and be back before everyone. Yeah, and I mean, if he had a clean break which is kind of what we think happened those have more of a set timeline whereas sprain yeah. things like that you, you just you just never know sometimes so um it just wouldn't surprise me and obviously none of us know even what the hell's going on with wilson yeah i wilson could never play for the abs again and i'd be like oh okay or he could be back the next game and i'd be like oh okay yeah as long as he's there for the playoffs that's what he's good for. right yeah um all right next question we have talked about a little bit before on previous shows but Cade asks it seems like both the abs players and bednar know that slow starts are hurting them however it continues to happen how come this hasn't been fixed despite both sides knowing that it's a problem um it's tough to say i guess we talked about it last night i think this team's pretty fragile right now is that they are going into every game maybe trying not to make a mistake and that's when you tend to make these mistakes so uh and then that you try to do too much you look at that first goal last night Gerard 
trying to do everything himself. Obviously, I, I pointed out he didn't really have any help on that play, but uh, if he's, you know, maybe trying to make more of a simple play, he could maybe get that out and just take the easy way out. So uh, I think they're just a fragile team right now, and they just need something to go right or their goalie to, you know, make some saves. Uh, I think AJ talked about it today. I mean, it seems like every year under Bednar, they've had one of these stretches where they go, they spiral out of control, and it takes them a while to recover, and that's kind of concerning at this point. Yeah, I mean, losing games is expected to a certain extent, but losing five straight is when you start to get into that category of how do you fix this? And a weak mental team is something that's extremely difficult to fix. Yeah, and it's happening every year. Like, that was two months last year where they just could not get out of it. And the only reason they got bailed out is because the rest of the West was just not good. And right now, that's not the case. The Pacific Division has a lot of a lot of teams doing pretty well. So uh, I think the Avs are, what, eighth or ninth in the West in points right now? So it's just yeah. crazy how it's flipped in two weeks. That's just how quick it goes. Early season hockey. That's kind of the way things go until stuff starts to settle in. But yeah, yeah if the Avs would not be in a wild card spot if they were not in the top three in the Central right now. Yep. All right. One final question. A little bit of a fun one. Keep in mind that doing a redraft is 100% cheating here. So don't knock the Avs too bad for these picks because at the time, it's a lot harder to do than years later. But Nick asks, what Avs draft pick of any draft would you go back and redo just for your personal preference? He says his would have been McAvoy instead of Jost, which we kind of talked about earlier. Yeah, I don't even know if McAvoy would have been their pick because it sounded like they did like Chikrin that year. Um, I think the easy one is always going to be Pasternak over Bleakley because that kind of changes everything. And yeah. that guy is just a monster. So that's the easy one uh, off the top of my head. The one I'll always think back to, I guess, that is not like he's not a superstar defenseman, but I do think he's a really good defenseman is Clefbaum over Siemens and what that could have potentially changed. Yeah, if the Avs actually got a quality player out of that pick. Yeah, and then obviously that makes the EJ trade look a little bit different. So um, I don't know. What about you? So I knew this question was coming, so I did a little bit of research. Oh, you cheated. Yes, I definitely cheated. 2012, the worst draft in Avalanche history. They took Mitch Hurd 41st overall. A couple of the names in behind him include Colton Pareko, Shane Gostisbehere, Andreas Anthonisiu. There's a couple of other ones as well that I'm not seeing. Slavin. Hellebuck. So plenty of very quality NHLers that could have changed that draft entirely had the Avs been able to travel to the future and knew what they were before they were what they were. You mean you wouldn't have drafted a 20-year-old overage guy with that second-round pick? Well, I mean, I think we can all agree that the Mitch Hurd pick was bad regardless. There were a whole lot of more realistic options that Jake McCabe ended up going 44th overall to Buffalo quality NHL or a couple picks later, Brock McGinn to Carolina. 
that one was a big swing and a miss for the Avs. Yeah, the pro- I mean, the problem with that drive is they got literally nothing out of it. Yeah, so, actually zero games. Yeah, so uh, this is a fun one. I mean, 2009, obviously, I wouldn't, you wouldn't change anything there. Yeah. Uh, 2010, was it Tarasenko went right before the Avs pick? Yep. So that one, maybe not too much. Kuznetsov went right after that, too. But um didn't seem like the Avs were really too interested in Russians back then, so I'm not sure. Yeah, how much of a difference that would have made? Um, they could have drafted Austin, Austin Watson, you know, and just avoided getting murdered by him in every game he plays. Same thing with Mitchell Hurd there. Ten picks after him, Colton Sissons went. So, oh great. Yeah, I mean <laughs> the the Hishin pick. Obviously, there's some hindsight there because of he looked injury, very promising, yeah. and then you know the injury happened. So that's tough. Charlie Coyle was right after there too, but. Yeah, I guess Bleakley is just the big one. Um, yeah. Yeah, McAvoy on this defense would be pretty crazy. Pretty sick. But you always have to think about the other side of it. You know, if they draft McAvoy, you take McCarr the next year? Right. Or, it completely you know. unravels everything that has led to where the Avs are now. Yeah, like if you take Pasternak, is, do you take Miko the next year? So... It's just, you know, that's always the crazy things to think about. Um, it's probably too early to look at the Martin Kaut thing just because yeah. I don't think anyone's really taken off behind him. But, yeah, those are the big ones. The Fs have, have had some stinker of a dresser in, like, the 2000s. So yeah, probably a lot bad. that you can go back and look at there. 2008, Cameron Gaunt's 50th overall. 51st was Derek Stepan. Yeah, I liked Cameron Gantz. <laughs> when he came off, I was like, yeah, this guy's going to be pretty good. Uh, and then he's been, Not quite. He's been on like every NHL team since. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but he's got a Stanley Cup ring. I think he was on Pittsburgh, so he got a ring. Did they, did they actually give him a ring? <laughs> yeah, I think he got a ring. Nice. So, oh, good for him. You know what a big one is? Back in 2005, one, Ryan Stowe was their first pick right after him. Marco Vlasic. Ooh, yeah, that would have changed so much. Yeah, could have called up Patty Waugh and just said, hey, should we take this guy? Nope. <laughs> I guess they and got right. Stasny 10 picks later, so that's pretty good. But, you know, yeah. if you look at Vlasic and Stasny, that would have been a pretty decent draft right there. Yeah, that would have been better than pretty decent. <laughs> Ryan Stowe is still kicking around over in Europe. Is he really? Yeah, I think he was on Team USA at the Olympics last year. That sounds right. Yeah. You know, there's just always these guys that are still kicking around, like Ladislav Nagy. I remember him from, like, when I was in elementary school, and he's still playing. So, <laughs> Europe, dude you can, you can like play Yager. forever over in Europe. Yeah, Yager's still playing. You don't get hit. You just make money. You just play hockey. There's not not as long a season. Sounds Living like the good life. life. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, we are wildly off track at this point. Uh, But one thing's pretty clear. We're going to try something here, Evan. If the Avs were able to redraft someone after the fact, what would it be? What? All right. Redraft someone after the fact. Don't, doesn't, doesn't matter what I said. All that matters is I asked you what it would be. Oh my God. As game changing. Yeah, we got there. 
<laughs> that's what I'm talking about. Also excited to tell you about some game-changing coffee. Strava Craft is the CBD-enriched coffee that has really changed lives. The reviews are incredible, so be sure to check them out. This CBD-infused coffee has taken away long-term migraines, back pain, arthritis, IBS. It has even helped decrease anxiety. CBD is all-natural and not psychoactive. The coffee is rich and tasty, and we couldn't recommend it more to our listeners. As Strava says, drink deeply, live fully, and get your podcast partner to alley-oop you into game-changing. I'm new. I don't know what to do. (laughs) That's how it started with me and AJ, too. So it it takes some adjustments to get used to. You can check out the coffee for yourself today, and you get 20% off when you use code DNVR20 at checkout. And you can get it shipped straight to your door. It's going to do it for us on this questions episode. As always, thank you for listening. Always appreciate all of the great questions. Think AJ will be back for the last two episodes of the week, but not 100% sure there. We will see. Either way, the Avs do play the Predators when you're listening to this, probably either tonight or it's already happened. So if you're late, you're late. Thank you for listening once again, and we will talk to you tomorrow.